BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Everybody, welcome to the 89th episode of All Things Elite, the show with the proclivity for positivity. And we are back from our break. We are back from our short little break that we took over the holidays. And um, this episode, of course, is going to be very important, very special. Um, first of all, Floyd is not here because he is feeling under the weather, but we knew we had to get an episode out for this specific episode of Dynamite that we will be covering. So joining with me is the wonderful Jeremy Donovan uh, of Social Suplex. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for uh, asking me to fill in for Floyd here. It's a very special episode we'll be talking about today. Absolutely. Now, if, you're, if you've been online, if you watch Dynamite this week, if you've been anywhere in terms of wrestling, Twitter or anything, you will know the unfortunate news that uh, came out, which was that Mr. Brody Lee uh, himself uh, had passed away uh over the weekend and they decided um well it was decided and tweeted out by tony khan that the episode that was supposed to air this week was being scrapped and pushed back a week and the entire episode was going to be a tribute show dedicated to Brody lee which honestly like it just made a whole lot of sense it really did because it just it came out of completely nowhere. And if we can just real quickly get our thoughts on the whole situation, I mean, like I, it's weird to say, I thought it was a joke. I really thought it was a joke. Like they were preparing like one of those AEW, like, you know, like the, 
being the elite funerals, whatnot, or what like the jokey stuff that they kind of do every once in a while. But yeah. when I saw the when I actually read the statement and whatnot, and I completely floored and just unbelievably tragic. And of course, our thoughts truly go out to his family who I can't imagine what they're going through through this period of time. It's just the absolute worst. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy, but I mean, like, I'll just get real quickly, Jeremy, you're, how did this take you? Because I feel like it was a complete shock for the entire wrestling community. Yeah, I was absolutely shocked. Just uh, devastating news. I I couldn't believe it. Like it took me, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Uh, you know, Brody Lee's a guy that I've been watching for a very long time now. I saw him from the begin- beginnings and his, his indie run and his time in Ring of Honor, which was the first place that I saw him. And, you know, just watched him all the way through, uh, gained NXT, gained it WWE, and then obviously this, this latest run with AEW. And, you know, he only, was only 41 years old. And, you know, there there was no signs or hints, at least to, you know, the, the general public that his health was... Uh, declining or that he had um, you know gotten sick and so when this just kind of hit us out of nowhere that he had passed away yeah I was just absolutely floored yeah and I know that this show is supposed to be looking at the positives and we're going to be like going through this episode which like truly was like such an amazing way to pay tribute to a guy that like not only was he beloved I felt like by a lot of fans but I mean you're talking about a guy that like transcended locker rooms from multiple companies, whether you knew him as Luke Harper from WWE, whether you knew him as Brody Lee or whether you knew him from the Independence or Ring of Honor. I felt like every, like is he's one of those guys that just nobody has a bad thing to say about the man. He's just genuine. He never really felt like he had um like ulterior motives or anything when he was talking to people. He felt completely genuine and kind and just a good man a good father and um just a a couple things i want to point out too it's like like i don't want to make this be like a oh man AEW did this but wwe did this when it came to commemorating his life it's like let's not focus about brand warfare right now like let's truly not like this is just supposed to be about Brody lee it's completely about him and we're just going to focus on because this is an AEW podcast we're going to focus on the dynamite that covered um the life of Brody Lee and just like had a whole card that was built top down to commemorate his life including a match that was a fantasy match booked by negative one Brody Lee Jr his uh his son which I mean really capped off the show really well but We'll we'll just start off, I guess, going into the show. It's going to be a little weird, but we're going to try to keep the spirits up a little bit. I mean, the show, everyone wanted it to start with a 10-bell salute, and it did, and it was very, very well done. The entire roster, including Tony Khan, was out to pay tribute. Um, There was also Jim Ross himself said, it's Wednesday, you know what that means, which good on him for doing that, too. I know a lot of people are also saying they want that to be the new tagline for AEW, which i could see that i truly could yeah um it's just it's it's one of those statements that like even if people don't know didn't know Brody lee or like new fans came in i think it would be a just a decent way to open up a show like everyone like a show normally has a normal tagline and it's a good way to just keep the flow of the show going when it starts off but we'll see what they end up doing with that but 
the show opened up after a very, very nice uh, 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 tribute by John Moxley, cutting a bit of a just a statement about how good of a person Brody was. We started with the AEW World Tag Team Champions as the Young Bucks teaming with Colt Cabana, Boom Boom of the Dark Order uh, versus Private Party. Well, the Hardy Party, more like Mark Quinn, I- Isaiah Cassidy of the Private Party, and Matt Hardy. And I mean. This was just, first of all, um, props to Colt for going out there because I know he's had a very, very, very long history with Brody Lee. So he, you saw multiple points in the, in this match um, when he walked out and whatnot. He he was struggling, but everybody on the card really stepped up to make this show feel really special. Um, and it was really nice just to see the Dark Order like almost as like a different entity um this like with for this specific night and i don't know if they're going to continue down this path because i think overall i think the match was cr- incredibly strong it's like seeing Cabana uh get the pin was great and having the the acclaim try to get the heel heat on the young bucks uh, afterwards but then getting uh caught by scu afterwards was really great um, and it, again, this was what we were supposed to get this week was the acclaimed versus the young buck. So it still keeps people's mind in for what's happening next week, which I do think is a good thing. It doesn't just drop all storylines. It remembers that like, we're still building to stuff. And like, if we just forgot about all of our storylines, like I'm like, I'm sure Brody would want you to continue doing the show, but like, it's still it still fulfilled the promise of a tribute show, which they were doing, but also continued the the storylines that they already had set in motion. But um, question for Jeremy for this one, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious about this. I haven't, I've talked to a couple people about this, but like, like where does the dark order go from here? And do they, do they continue with what they did on the tribute show and then just straight up become a baby face uh, faction? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where the direction of the dark order goes from here. Um, I did notice a small thing. They still came out of the heel side of the tunnel, it looked like, uh, for all their matches. So uh, I'm wondering if uh, maybe they'll be tweeners. But with, with the way that people loved and respect Brody Lee, especially when we start getting crowds back, I don't know if they're ever going to get booed again. So it, it might be hard for them to be heels. So maybe we, we might see uh, the switch and maybe they go they, they switch from being you know, the, the menacing heels to the, you know, kind of stoic badasses. And so that, that might be kind of a direction to switch here. Um, but overall, I, I really love this match. It was a, an incredible emotional opener. Uh, I thought this was the, the best dynamite performance of Colt Cabana. He just looked absolutely great. And I thought it was a really big deal that um, he finally did the dark order hand signal because the whole story had been, yeah. Uh, Brody was mentoring Colt and trying to get him into the Dark Order, um, but he had, he never did the symbol. He'd always like kind of wave and be goofy, but he he finally does the uh, Dark Order symbol. So I'm assuming from now he's he's actually going to be a, a full fledged member of the Dark Order, and he just looked great here. He, um, he had two great moonsault spots, and um, you know they, they built the match to get the hot tag for him. And uh, towards the end there, he hit the Chicago skyline. Um, and then they did the uh, indie taker. He did the Superman pin to to get the win for the team. And like you mentioned, um, you know they they could have easily not have um, tried to continue with storylines or 
you know, try to set things up, but they did it so well here that th- this match made sense. And then the post match, you have the acclaim coming out here, um, obviously not done with the young bucks and then yet SEU coming out and that, that sets up the eight man tag, uh, for New Year's smash. So great emotional match, great tribute to Brody and also continuing to advance storylines for what's coming up with, uh, the bucks, SEU and the acclaimed and TH2. And also you advance the storyline with Hardy party with Matt Hardy trying to get, um, prior party to use a chair to get the advantage which costs them the match mm-hmm. here and so we're, we're continuing to see the rift between private party and matt hardy yeah and again like i truly think that's uh because it doesn't just it does ex- you're doing like you're you're doing two things at once and you're really like fulfilling the promise of like commemorating brody but also like like he would probably be the kind of guy who would be like, don't just focus on me. You still got a show you got to do next week and the week after that and the week after that. You want to make sure everything, everyone still wants to tune in next week. So I think that was a really strong move on their part. And they did it well. They did it really well and respectfully. Um, and then going in after this, because um, more people would uh, share their thoughts on Brody Lee um, in backstage segments and whatnot, um, including Eddie Kingston, including... Um, uh, the amazing video package they played at the end of the show, which we'll talk about. But going into the next match, we had Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade, with the bunny at ringside, facing off against the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer, and Evil and Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order, which was a really interesting tag team to begin with because um, like, I, I still love this kind of Lance Archer persona that they're going with, where it's like he really doesn't care what side he's fighting for, but just whatever side he's fighting against is going to get demolished. I really like this kind of like middle ground, like monster that they really painted him as. And I think it works really well. Um, and it was a, this one was also really solid. I did really enjoy seeing cause evil Uno and Stu Grayson, I still think work really well. And I wish that with the dark order, we got to see them together more. Cause we don't really see them too often, a lot of times we'll see other members of the Dark Order get thrown in whatnot, like John Silver, Alex Reynolds, which is not a bad thing. But, I mean, Dark Order originally started with those two. They've worked really well together. Obviously, if you know uh, the Super Smash Bros. on the independents, you know that these guys work crazy good together. And I think that it's nice to see them back together um, for this night, and I hope that they continue to wrestle together again. Strong match. The the prevailing uh, theme in this night was that every single member of the Dark Order would get a victory, which, I mean, it just it just fits. It really does just fit. And Eddie Eddie Kingston also like his thing. He his uh, his segment he had backstage where he talked about um, Brody, and also he talked about his kids um, and how. Your father's never gone if you don't forget him. If you don't forget how amazing your father was, then he's never truly gone. Like, Eddie really tugged at my heartstrings with that one. Like, he, because you can tell the guy is so caring for the people around him and, and really spoke to the kind of person that Brody was. And, like, just that one thing he said to, to Brody Lee Jr., like, just in that backstage segment was truly amazing. But, uh, Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, you want uh, anything you want to say on this match in particular, Jeremy? Yeah. So again, this was another uh, great hard fought match here. Um, you know, Eddie Kings before the match, you know, he got on the mic and he said, "Brody, I love you. I miss you." 
now that Nightshade was out of the way, he said the Dark Order is nothing without Lee. So, um, you know, still kind of keeping in character there, going into the match and, uh, you know, getting some heat there. You had Lance Archer wearing the classic uh, Brody Lee slash Luke Harper gear with the old, you know, dirty looking tank top and the blue jeans. I thought that was a, a great uh, tribute there. Uh, yeah, and then it was just a great uh, back and forth match, a really hard hitting match. They had a lot of big uh, kind of bruisers in this mm-hmm. match. And um, I thought they all worked well together. I agree with you. I, I, I'm a big fan of Uno and Grayson. I think they're a great team. And I, I thought this was uh, one of Uno's, in particular, uh, kind of a shining moment for him. Yeah. I, I love that they did a callback to an indie spot where uh, Brody or somebody's tying getting their shoes tied by the referee and Brody big boots them. At the oh, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where uh, Kingston's getting his sh- uh, shoes checked by Remsberg and then uh, Uno hits the big boot. Just a lot of great uh, spots like that here. Uh, Archer looked great as well. Um, and then they end up hitting they hit the uh, fatality on the blade to get the win there. And uh, then they had the post-match where um, Kingston got uh, beat up by all of them and uh, Jake Roberts hit a Rainmaker on Kingston. He did, yeah. It was really nice to see. It was really nice to see Jake get a little bit of action there. Yeah, um, he inspired up. <laughs> he really, he really, really was. Going into the, this, my this next match besides the main event was probably one of my favorite points in the show, which was when you had Inner Circle members MJF and Santana and Ortiz. Which before the show, Santana and Ortiz had brought something that they wanted MJF to wear during the match, and it was a. It was a headband and a Puerto Rican gear, uh, like tights for MJF that has his name on the back, which I thought was really nice. It was a really funny moment. And then they will be facing off against Hangman Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. I mean, they said it was a one-time thing before, but this was a really good thing to have them come back and tag because uh, they did so well the first time. So it was really nice to see these guys teaming yet again, um, which John Silver as well had gear made for him um by like Brody Brody Lee had gear that he had in mind for um John to wear at one point uh when he was uh like it was completely exactly the same as uh, Brody Lee's or Mr. Yeah, Brody Lee's I, I think and they, he had it yeah he wore it out BTS, there I think it was going to be for a future BTE uh yeah, yeah 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 and yeah seeing him wear that I I smiled and it was really nice to see um Match was really strong, and then because um, they would they were cutting to him a lot um, during the show um, at at the ringside with the baby faces and members of the Dark Order that were not wrestling was Mister was uh, Brody Lee Jr. AKA Negative One. At one point, MJF comes out and proceeds to just like just start like going after negative one and just starts like really healing it up. But then Brody Lee Jr. gets a kendo stick and just nails it right to the head of MJF, which was absolutely amazing. And if you've seen videos on Twitter too, he's been hitting people like all over the place with that kendo stick, like just, just beating the hell out of uh, wrestlers backstage, which is truly funny. There's also been a video of him coming out with him hitting the spinning clothesline on Adam Cole and getting the pin on him, which was so great. Um, We also saw Eric Redbeard come out and help out the baby faces and proceed to stop Wardlow from getting involved in the match. Uh, And, um, Seeing him was really great. It really was. And then after the match was over, when the 
when the Dark Order and Hangman got the win, he had a sign that said, goodbye for now, my brother. See you down the road. And that right there really broke me because that, I mean, that's, I was one of the people who got uh, exposed to Brody Lee, Luke Harper, when he was Luke Harper and when he was a member of the Wyatt family. And like, it, it brought me back to Bray Wyatt's unbelievable post he made on Instagram about, about Brody and just the whole experience of just seeing him go from Y family to small singles run to bludgeon brothers to AEW to just, it was, it was, that was one of the points where I felt like just the most pain in my heart. And it, like, it was really, it was a really great tribute by Eric to, and it was just really great to see him too. I genuinely didn't even think we were going to see him, but it was really, really great to see him. But yeah. Jeremy, anything you want to add to this match specifically? Yeah, that was a great uh, surprise and a great touch to bring in uh, Eric Redbeard, formerly Eric Rowan, uh, Brody's you know longtime PAG partner. I think majority of fans probably know Brody from his work as Luke Harper and that team with Rowan. They always seem to kind of find their way back together. They first were there in the Wyatt family, then they were the Bludgeon Brothers, and there was several times where they kind of broke up, but eventually came back together. So just a long historic career, uh, you know, started off teaming in, in NXT. So just a long, great history there. So that was, you know, probably one of the best run-ins I've ever seen in wrestling and just to have him out there. Uh, Jericho is losing his mind and calling him, uh, you know, Eric Rowan. And Excalibur was trying to correct him and say, Redbeard, Redbeard, because uh, you're not, not supposed to say uh, Eric Rowan on air instead yeah. of Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But that all worked out. I love the the BTE callback at the beginning of the match. They had the the roll of papers. Yes, uh, I was I was about to say I forgot that too. Yeah, tucking the jackets and uh, did that spot. Since I also you know if you watch Being the Elite, that was uh Brody Lee's big thing. He would, he would get the roll of papers and hit uh, the Dark Order members with it. So, so that was a great comeback, a great callback there. Like you mentioned, Brody Jr. Um, played a great part in this match as well. You know, being antagonized by MJF throughout the match. At one point, MJF gave him the middle finger, which was pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, but yeah, then MJF pulled the mask off. And I thought Brody Jr. did a great job of, of selling that with his mask being pulled off. He was covering his face like a traditional luchador would. And then he gets the kendo stick and just whack, <laughs> hits uh, MJF right in the head with it. So that was just a great spot. Yeah, this match was just awesome. You had yeah, the, the BTE callbacks. You had Rowan. You had Brody Jr. getting involved. Uh, and then you have um, Silver in the Brody Lee gear winning the match with the the spinning lariat, which was Brody's finisher. Um, and then the touching tribute from, from Redbeard with the sign. Goodbye for now. My brother, see you down the road. Like this match was like just perfect like this was just the perfect emotional tribute everything you could possibly want like this for me was like one of the key highlights of the show just everything was so well done here yeah absolutely and the other thing we should also mention too is that um because we saw Brody lee jr get involved in this match was that the fact that he actually um it's been confirmed that um he signed with AEW, and um, when he's of age and when he's able to work, um, he will be um, he will be coming to the roster. I mean, like he technically is already a part of the roster, which to me is is just adamant of like not only Tony Khan but like just the entire like Cody, the Bucks, and like AEW. They really want to make sure that their family, his family, is okay. It's yeah. just because you know that. His family was one of Brody's biggest focuses and biggest, um, like, just concerns in general. 
So to see AEW really step in and really do everything in their power to make sure that they help uh, his family and his kids truly to me like and just seeing the interactions that other wrestlers have with Brody Lee Jr. and trying to make him smile and have fun with them while and whatnot it's like that's truly what I think is the best thing right now is out of this awful situation is that they're really working to keep, take care of all of them yeah also I just want to give before we move on a quick shout out to uh, Alan number five angels he was there with Brody Lee Jr. for the whole show yeah uh, I'm sure he would have loved to compete, but he he had a very important role of uh, kind of being there for for Brody th- uh, Lee Jr. throughout the show. So, uh, shout out to Five, and you know he did a great job there uh, supporting yeah. uh, Negative One throughout the show. Absolutely, we can't we can't forget Allen. He did that was huge with him. It really was. After this was Anna J. ninety nine of the Dark Order teaming with her friend Tay Conti to face off against Doctor Britt Baker DMD. And Penelope Ford. Um, and this match also was uh, relatively strong. I think it was really nice to see um, uh, Anna Jay and Tay Conti again. Because I know there there were still storylines going into uh, uh, 2021 of whether or not Anna Jay was going to get Tay Conti to be in the Dark Order with her. To get her friend to join with her. And they're still kind of keeping these two like uh, attached to see if anything more comes out of it. Um and then afterwards, um, there was a point where uh, there was an interview with Tony Schiavone, Dr. Britt Baker had, where she talks about how this match was rigged. It's completely rigged. Um, the whole thing was one big rig and then gives a little wink uh, as Brody Lee's nickname on the independence. And also Cody gave him the nickname of Big Rig, um, which was really nice. And then after that, Thunder Rosa came out and got into a brawl with uh, Britt Baker and con- uh, once again continuing their feud that they've been having these two have been going back and forth over the last few weeks and they're supposed to be building to another match so still continuing to build storylines and good thing too for the women's division because I think it's really important to make sure that you keep your women's division fortified with storylines and whatnot so I think this was really really strong yeah it's another good matchup here like you mentioned yeah great tie in there to have the whole angle with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa after the match and just continuing the the Anna Jay and Ty Conti uh, storyline going uh, Anna Jay very emotional in this match um, definitely had a hard, a hard time you know, keeping it together but you know she did her best and got through this matchup here uh, gets the win for her team with the, the Queen Slayer choke uh, I thought all four ladies looked uh, very good in this matchup here and yeah, I'm excited to see the uh, eventual uh, Britt Baker Thunder Rosa matchup. And then we'll get to the main event. I know we're getting through the show pretty quickly. Um, it's just because of the fact that like the show really was exactly what it was. It was just a tribute show, and there's not a ton that we can necessarily add. But I do want to especially talk about this match, which was the Brody Lee Jr. dream match. This team of babyfaces was handpicked by negative one Brody Lee Jr., to face Team Taz, and the team consisted of the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson by his side, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and Dark Orders 10, and they would be facing off against Brian Cage, Absolute Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs, Team Taz, and really, really good, really good main event. I especially loved how much 10 got to shine. It was really... Because they've given him a lot of singles opportunities to face guys like Dustin Rhodes and whatnot. And it was really nice to see him again compete because he 
he really wrestled um, one of his best performances, I feel like. Um, of course, Team Taz still looks really, really good. Cody is great as he always is. And I really appreciated Freshly Squeeze coming out to um, to Negative One and giving him the nice little relaxed fist bump to him. It was really nice to see that. Um, and it was also great because um, uh, Ten got the spine buster on Ricky Starks and was able to get the pin. So it was huge for uh, him to get the pinfall. Um, I will also mention, too, because uh, we didn't mention it at the top of the episode, that Chris Jericho was on commentary for the entire show, which I felt like was good. I really do. I think he gave a lot of great, um, like, just speak it, speaking moments about uh, Brody Lee, um, but still kept his heel persona as best he could during this show. Um, but, yeah, it ended up just being a really great main event. But then eventually, after the match, Team Taz jumped once again into the ring, started beating up uh, the team that uh, Negative One created. Darby Allen appears all of a sudden with a skateboard as, as the lights go dark and he comes out. And then the lights go dark again. And then snow starts falling and Sting appears side by side with Darby Allen. And then they walk to the ring and join Cody, OC, and Ten. And then Team Taz runs away. Um, and then after this moment was when they went to commercial break and then we got to the final tribute. But real quick before we get to that, um, is there anything you want to say about this match, Jeremy? Yeah, well, you mentioned just this was a, a great main event, great way to cap off the show. Uh, one th- uh, subtle thing that I loved here is with the team of Vance, uh, Cody, and Cassidy. It's like, yes, even though this is a one light only and it's a kind of a dream match and a, a thing for Brody Lee Jr., like all three of these characters usually don't interact or, you, well, you had like Dark Order or feuding with the Nightmare family. So these guys aren't all like the best of friends. And so there was a little bit of like miscommunication or them not really working fully as a team towards the beginning of the matchup, which I, I love that taste. It's like, these are three characters that are don't that never teamed together before. So they shouldn't be working well together at first. And so it t- took them a while to kind of get their, their act together. And then, you know, towards the end of the match, they were kind of a, a well-oiled unit and were able to uh, take out team Taz and so, again, just a ton of tributes uh, throughout the match, uh, people doing a lot of Brody's uh, signature moves and the, the Brody bomb and all that stuff. So uh, it's a really great uh, back-and-forth matchup here. Really enjoyed this match. Uh, then we got the the involvement of uh, Tyler's son, Hook. Um, uh, seems like everybody loves Hook and wants to see more of him in action. And so, yeah, yeah, definitely just seems like the perfect uh, kind of like uh, goon right now for Team Taz. And so he got involved. He, he gave a nice little... Uh, Belly to belly suplex to to Orange Cassidy there, and then like you mentioned, we had uh, Darby Allen and Sting coming out, which I'm loving uh, their their combination and this kind of uh, mentorship that we're getting of Sting and Darby Allen. And we know that Sting has been you know sticking his nose in Team Taz's business and Cody's business since his debut. So once again, like we mentioned earlier, tie in the storylines. We didn't forget all of that, and so building there uh ricky starks i just want to give him a shout out this guy he's incredible i, I love the way that he was uh selling the snow that was falling on him he looks so disgusting yeah. with the snow falling on him and like running and retreating uh and so yeah i thought this was a great just main event segment here and just the perfect way to end it off with sting and, and alan coming out evening the odds evening the numbers up and so Clearly, that, that's building up. We, we have the Darby-Brian Cage match coming up, and then just continuing this rivalry uh, of Sting and Allen against Team Taz. 
Yeah, and I especially love that still, like, we're keeping what exactly Sting's motivations are, for the most part, relatively vague. Because I feel like it's gotten to the point with, um, like, a lot of people who who like Sting, like, just want to see what he'll do. They don't necessarily care what it is. They just want to see it. But they're really continuing to tease it. And I think we're getting closer and closer to the point where we're going to see exactly what Sting does in AEW. Um, And I do agree, the build that they're pushing up for it is really strong. Um, the yeah. show then finished off. Up, oh, go ahead. You were gonna say? I was gonna say, yeah. We also had uh, Bryce Remsburg was the referee for his, for this uh, final matchup, which I thought oh, was a yeah. touch because obviously him and Brody go way back to a lot of their time in Chikara and time on uh, time on the Independent, and we saw like an emotional video from him earlier on in the night. Um, so I thought it was a great that they they chose Bryce to to be the ref for this absolutely, absolutely. But after this was the final tribute, uh, Cody was in the ring by himself as the crowd was chanting Brody. Uh, He talked about how Brody was a beautiful, kind man and a genuine human being. They introduced Brody Lee Jr. uh, as he he came down to the ring with his mom. Uh, Tony Khan followed them out, and um, Brody Lee Jr. placed his father's boots. Uh, He put Brody's boots in the middle of the ring, and... Cody laid a little purple bandana over top of them. And then Tony Khan presented Brody Lee Jr. with the TNT championship and called him the greatest. T- Brody Lee was the greatest TNT champion. And now Brody Lee Jr. was the TNT champion for life. Yeah, that and- was a, a great touching moment there. Um, you know, Brody was so happy about winning that that TNT title and just that whole moment with Cody and I know on the Unrestricted podcast, he just talked about how much uh, Brody Jr. loved having the belt at home. So great that they gave the belt. I'm hearing that they're they're retiring uh, this mm-hmm. uh, model, the TNT Championship. So Brody Jr. will keep this is the actual TNT title, the original model that Brody, Brody Jr. will be keeping. And then they will be making a new design for uh, Darby Allen. Yeah, and I believe that it's been the rumor that's been going around, but I believe it's got a lot of traction that that's going to be the case. Um, I also love because if you mentioning that unrestricted podcast with Brody too, um, the best part about that of one of that uh, that episode was when uh, Brody talked about how the dog after the dog collar match, uh, his son. Like, I mean, he's seen him beat up before and he's seen him hurt before, but it's like he wasn't being like, oh, my God, you lost or oh, my God, you're hurt or you're bloody. His first response was, you lost the title. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was incredible. And now that he has it for life, I think is like the absolute best. And the video package they played after afterwards uh, was truly touching. Tony Khan even bought the music rights uh, for that uh, tribute uh, package, which I think just shows how much he really cares about making sure it's preserved and like like people don't get like copyright claimed or anything for the music or whatnot uh, or for showcasing it. And yeah, it was just a really fitting end to an episode that was just it came out of a horrible situation but it brought light to the the goodness that was Brody Lee and how John Hubert was as a human being. So I think it was really well done on AEW's part. Like it was just the best way that they could have tributed the man at all, like genuinely. Yeah, just an incredible show from top to bottom. You know, Brody Lee loved pro wrestling so much. I think that's a one one of the heartbreaking things about it. Like he was just kind of breaking out and getting his moment and he's loved wrestling so much. And so what better way to honor him than to put together a great professional wrestling show? And this is what this was from top to bottom. 
all the guys and girls came out there, gave it their all. Um, all the matches are great. Great tributes to Brody. All the the emotional uh, video uh, packages in between from the wrestlers was great. And then you mentioned the the final uh, celebration tribute video was great as well. And classy move by Tony Khan to just straight out buy the, the full rights to that song they use. So in, in the future, if they ever have a AEW network or if they go to some streaming platform, uh, they will always have the rights to that song. We'll be able to play it no matter what platform um, that video is shown on. And so just a great way to cap off this uh, emotional night. Um, and yeah, AEW just did a, a wonderful job um, celebrating the life of John Huber, Brody Lee. Absolutely. And overall, that'll wrap up the show. I want to I want to talk about w- one thing in particular, but you were going to say real quick. I said, do you want to uh, run down real quick the, the matches coming up for New Year's Smash night one and two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can go ahead and run those off right now if you have them with you. Yeah, I do. Um, so like we mentioned, uh, New Year's Smash night one was originally supposed to be this week. So it got uh, postponed to this coming up Wednesday. So we will still have. The AEW World Championship match with Kenny Omega defending against Ray Phoenix. We have Hikaru Shida defending the AEW Women's Championship against Abaddon. We have Jake Hager versus Wardlow. Big Hoss battle there. We have the Young Bucks and SCU versus the Acclaimed in TH2. We have Cody Rhodes versus Matt Seidel. Uh, John Moxley will be returning. And Snoop Dogg and Chris Jericho will both be on commentary for that. Um, then the following week, there will be Night 2 which will be the TNT title match. Uh, Darby Allen defending against Brian Cage. It'll be Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. FTR versus Jurassic Express. And then Miro versus Chuck Taylor. I'm still really looking forward to that card, especially the main event of Kenny versus Phoenix for the AEW title. I mean, like I've been so hyped to see how that match turns out, and I think it'll be one of the matches that people turn to to see like Kenny Omega in his true, like, five-star classic dave Meltzer, uh baby just absolute best wrestler alive uh style just people are going to be salivating over this match in general the whole card looks so good and i'm really excited to see how it goes um i'm interested to see what because i know they're having snoop dogg on there i'm interested to see if it's anything more than just plugging the 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 talent show that him and cody Rhodes are judging yeah Um, the, uh, the go big show yeah, exactly. I'm interested if they have him do a little bit more. I would like to see him do a little bit more since his involvement with wrestling isn't just limited to this. He's been involved with wrestling a lot. So I would like to see if they do anything extra with him. But yeah. the one like, that, that kind of intrigues me is the, the, the Cody and, and Matt Seidel match just because like, yeah, it's kind of out of nowhere. And I, I feel like it's setting something up. So uh, I know on this past week on Dark. Seidel, he had a he was on Britt Baker's talking show, the uh, the waiting room, and he had a, a win on Dark as well. So I'm wondering if it's something where Seidel turns heel on Cody in this match, or something something kind of comes out of this matchup with Cody and Matt storyline wise. That's the thing I would think that would come out of it, especially just because Matt Seidel, like I really like Matt Seidel, but his babyface character is kind of stale. I think seeing what he does as a heel would be a lot more interesting. Um, so I think. I, I I mean he's such a great worker he's such a great wrestler and I think he's he's shown himself to be uh, a true lasting character but like as a babyface there's not much to him that you can't find anywhere else on the roster so I think finding a little bit more originality in a heel character would be the best option for him so I think that's I would be interested to see that route over yeah. just 
this being a one-time thing. Yeah, he did vent some frustration on, in that promo on on Dark, where he was saying he hopes that Cody's just not using this match to promote the Go Big Show. Uh, yeah. So it looks like he's a little bit. There's some frustration there on, on Seidel's part. So yeah, it could lead to something. Yeah, Hager and Wardlow should be uh, a fun matchup as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just the, you get to see these two who have been going back and forth. Like, especially I love their interaction in the uh, the the little powwow the inner circle had or the ultimatum that was made where there's like, he's staring at me. No, yeah. you're staring at me. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> the little interaction there just was like, just let these two just collide. Like, just let it happen. Yeah. So that should be fun. Like you mentioned, yeah, Kenny and Phoenix should absolutely kill it. I've uh, seen these guys wrestle before. Uh, it's always great, and especially now, you know, Kenny's the, the world champion. I'm sure he's going to want, you know, like you mentioned, that that world champion Dave Meltzer-style performance, and so this should be absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah, totally. And we're going to wrap up the, the show real quick. I want to mention two things. One, amazingly, um, Brody Lee's tribute shoot shirt that went up on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, for this episode of Dynamite, um, he surpassed... Orange Cassidy with the most t-shirt sales and it was the most sold shirts in under 24 hours uh, for a wrestler which I mean was just truly amazing and um, one more personal thing I want to say um, and I'm not going to give this too much time just because I don't want to like again we really focus on the positives on the show but this is just one thing that really uh, meant a lot to me that I talk about a little bit just because I want like my whole goal uh as a for my career is to be a pro wrestling commentator like work like i went for, to school for broadcasting and journalism i want to cover pro wrestling and whatnot that's what i do in this podcast that's what i've done in my previous shows um and i won't mention this person by name but if you've seen uh what's been going around a couple days ago um uh, john hubert's wife shared on instagram uh on her story a specific instance of a certain uh, journalist in the pro wrestling world who was trying to insinuate that the family was hiding something and that there was some something untrue in what happened and was really pushing and trying to make a story out of a terrible situation. And again, not going to mention the guy's name. He doesn't deserve the name, and he also doesn't deserve to work in this industry. I've wanted to work as a pro wrestling commentator, work in the pro wrestling industry as a journalist and whatnot my entire life. And to see somebody like this completely just step on the toes of this family who's been through the worst experience they could possibly go through is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in the world of pro wrestling journalism. And this person should be 100% ashamed of their actions. And it's just truly despicable to see you try to create a headline or try to create some sort of narrative that the family is hiding something over the death of their husband, over the death of their father, over the death of one of the most genuine men in pro wrestling. And you want to insinuate that something is like whether it was COVID or whether it was non-COVID, it doesn't matter. He's gone and this family is grieving. So step off. Like your job as a as a journalist, your job as a broadcaster is to present a story, but you're not 
when you're covering something like pro wrestling, there's still a level of respect that you have to share for the entertainer because you're the one that's trying to get a story from them. So, again, hopefully this person just falls away into obscurity. It was just the most despicable thing. And as somebody who wants to get into this business in that field, um, I just felt like I need to say something on it. And it's the last I'll say on it. I will not say any more on it. Um, We're just going to close the show off off of a positive thing. I want to let this show end positively. So I just want to real quickly go to Jeremy because I want to share our favorite moments of John Hubert, Luke Harper, Brody Lee that you have personally um, so Jeremy, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but if you have your favorite moment that you would like to share of this man, uh, I would love to hear it genuinely. Yeah. So one moment that stands out for me personally is, um, the WWE battleground 2014, uh, pay-per-view. So it was here in Tampa, Florida. And I went to that pay-per-view. It was him and Rowan against the Usos and a two out of three falls for tag titles. Um, that is uh, one of my favorite matches that I got to see uh, Brody Lee live in, and that was just a, a great match, a great opener on that pay view. Um, I, I rewatched it on on the network uh, this past weekend. I, I still think it holds up, and it's just a really fun match, and you really just see uh, Brody Lee uh, really shine in that matchup. Um, then another thing that I will always love is um Brody Lee's uh squash victory over Cody Rhodes for the TNT title it was such a great and unexpected moment uh, and I'll just never forget the buzz um that came from that and just how Twitter was reacting and everybody in the group chats that I'm in um just how happy we were for Brody and just what a great like you it's Cody you don't expect Cody to you expect like a back and forth you know 20 minute match and just in a few minutes Brody went out there and kind of mopped the floor of him uh, and so it was just kind of a great unexpected moment for Dynamite. I think something that all wrestling fans will, will always remember. Yeah. For me personally, um, what I saw of uh, Brody Lee or Luke Harper live, um, the one time I saw him live was WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, where the, he and the New Day and the Usos had the unfortunate job of following the mixed tag match between Kurt Angle and ronda rousey versus triple h and triple h and uh stephanie mcmahon and they had to follow that i felt like oh my god these guys just got boned and i felt awful for the whole situation um another thing i saw was when the new day had the white compound fight on raw against the the uh against the white family so i got to see that happen which was definitely a lot more fun than what happened at mania because mania they were only given five minutes which was a real shame but my favorite moment honestly was um it's a weird one because there's a there's a genuine interaction of uh jimmy uso and uh and, and brody and luke harper uh when they were playing madden on up up down down like that was the one moment where i felt like i got to see john hubert because like we like we as fans didn't really get to see that a ton um but seeing him just interact with jimmy uh while playing madden and just cracking jokes and just freaking out over hitting the wrong button or whatnot and just having a little fun back and forth with jimmy was that was where i really was like Oh wait! Like what I'm seeing on TV, this guy's way because I I was always con- confused as to why when I was a fan uh, and I first started watching the White Family of like the image of all the wrestlers wearing the yeah 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 shirts with Brody's face on it. I was like, is he really that much of a f- 
figure in the locker room, and then I see the way he acts on uh, up, up, down, down, and I'm like, oh yeah, this makes complete <laughs> and total sense. This dude just seems like the chillest, most cool dude that you could possibly meet. Um, and I'm ashamed I've never got I never got the chance to meet him. Um, but I do think if you go back and watch that video, I think you'll really have a good smile on your face because it's so it's so funny. I'll but, that out. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so funny. But that'll fully wrap up the episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you so much to Jeremy for filling in on such short notice. Uh, Jeremy, if you could please plug your Twitter social so people know where they, they can find you. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy L. Donovan. Um, I'm co-host of Keeping It Strong Style here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can follow us at KI Strong Style. Uh, check out our we just had our Wrestle Kingdom preview and prediction show drop this week, getting ready for Wrestle Kingdom. And so yeah, check us out. Oh man, I'm so pumped for Wrestle Kingdom, but I know I'm not gonna be able to stay awake for it. <laughs> There's no way it's going to happen. There's just no way. Uh, if you want to follow myself on Twitter, I am at szoomer4. And remember to follow the podcast itself at AT Elite Pod. All of us at Social Suplex are at Social Suplex. And also, Floyd's not here, but follow him as well. He's at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Again, if you're, we really appreciate it if you download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts or if you leave a rating or review, let us know what we can do better. And we have our podcast provider, Red Circle, if you want to leave a donation. But honestly, just... If you can and you want to support a wrestler, 100% grab that Brody Lee t-shirt, support the family. Even wrestlers like CM Punk are donating one month of of uh, funds that they get through the t-shirt sales on Pro Wrestling Tees. They're donating all of it. He's do- He specifically is donating all of his funds to Brody Lee's family, which is truly amazing. I know I think a couple other wrestlers are doing the same uh, for a couple. Mick, Mick Foley is doing the same. Mick Foley is doing it, yeah, which also... He just got COVID. I really hope for his health and safety. Um, really hope he's going to be doing okay. Um, so well wishes to Mick. Um, but yeah, if, they, if you ever wanted to support uh, Brody Lee's family, that t-shirt is the easiest way to do so. So 100% I would recommend if you have the ability to definitely grab that. And Floyd's not here to take us home, so I guess I'll just do it. First of all, the, AT, the AT, All Things Elite End of the Year Awards is going to be coming. You'll just need to hold off we put it off a little bit more for this specific episode and we want to thank um Brody Lee uh just for everything he's done in a in AEW and WWE and the independence everything and our again our well wishes goes to uh the Hubert family um we just know that not only is AEW um showing their support and other wrestlers are showing their support the fans truly want nothing but the best for you in this truly tough time and i really hope that you get to see the the wrestling community come together to show their support for this family which i think they truly have um nothing else we can really say but rest in peace john hubert rest in peace luke harper rest in peace Brody lee we will genuinely miss you thank you guys so much whether it's home school or work always do your best to be elite
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.